Gem City Sports Network presents GCSN Reports. Tonight's show is being brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By McAfee Heating and Air. Any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton in Southwest Ohio. By the USO. And by the Gem City Sports Network, your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. And now here's your host, Doug Brown. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of GCSN Reports. On this show, we will be talking to the man behind the movie, Triangle Park, Alan Farst. And uh, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie because it talks about, you know, uh, the the first football game, and they go to talk to these uh, uh, Hall of Famers like Troy Aikman and uh, soon-to-be uh, Hall of Famer in uh, Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Joe Theismann and a lot more. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to going down to see it wherever. I, th- I think it might be back down at the Neon again. So we're going to talk to Alan Farce, and we'll do that right after this. You're listening to GCSN Reports on the Gem City Sports Network. Profiler Performance Products is an all-American manufacturer of racing cylinder heads and intake manifolds. From two-time Drag Week winner Jeff Lutz to the winningest bracket champions like Disco Dean Karn, Profiler Performance has become the overwhelming choice of drag racing's best-known name. Profiler Performance offers the absolute best bolt-on performance for cylinder heads and intake, utilizing their own in-house custom casting and CNC machining. For more information, visit ProfilerPerformance.com or find them on Facebook. Profiler Performance, they make power they haven't even used yet. We know that purchasing a new system is a big decision. At McAfee, we feel you should only have to make it once. That's why we offer lifetime, worry-free coverage on new McAfee systems. Never a charge for repairs, never a charge for maintenance, not even a charge for filters. And when the day comes the system needs replaced, you're covered. Any season, any time, McAfee. Contact McAfee Heating and Air at 937-438-1976 or www.mcair.com or 1-800-AIR-REPAIR. Joining us now is Alan Farst, and he is the man behind the camera or behind the uh, everything going on with the date with the Triangle Park movie. And uh, Alan, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Doug. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, what? Uh, how did you come across, to, or how did you uh, decide that you were going to do this movie, to, and and how did it work out? Well, you know, Dayton has a lot of stories that just aren't told, you know. And I was looking for a really good story uh, to tell. I had come off a, a movie that I took, I'd taken three years to make with uh, the Rolling Stone keyboardist Chuck Lavelle, and that movie was called Chuck Lavelle the Tree Man. So, um, you know, where do you go after the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger and guys like that? You know, it was uh, it looked like a steep cliff and. So, uh, but, you know, here in Dayton, I wanted to stay at home for a while, do something that I could be proud of that would shine a light on something that we had here. And, uh, you know, when you looked at all the stories that, that we could do, it just seemed logical that this first ever NFL game had never been tackled in 100 years. 
and it was the 100th year of the NFL at that point. And so I just thought, you know, this will be a good place to spend a couple years of my life um, paying it forward for the next guy, the next football fan. And, you know, once you start meeting the descendants and you start meeting guys uh, uh, that have done articles on me, like even Archdeacon, right, one of mm-hmm. our great writers here, Tom, um, you know, you're talking with him, and they were all so excited that maybe I would do this. And I thought, you know, um, let's see what we have. And the descendants have things that they've not given to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They have necklaces and trinkets and things that you'll see in the film. Um, and so so once I knew that we had some never-before-seen stuff, you know, that kind of also got me excited that we're on the right path. Now, how did uh, how how tough of it was it to uh, get Triangle Park and the Dayton Public or Dayton uh, Parks and Rec to uh, have you be able to do the film there? Well, we have a film commission, and Lisa Grigsby has uh, all those magical keys to get you into <laughs> things when you need them. And so, you know, it's pretty much leaning on Lisa, like, hey, we want to film here, we want to film there, and can you clear it for us? And um, yeah, so. Uh, you know, Carillon Park obviously has some really great assets over there with the uh, the train, the locomotive train area, which is awesome. And then they also have the, um, you know, the, the first locker room, which is crazy to think that that big of an asset is still right. able to be seen and gone into. And, and that's at Carillon Park. And that's that's really a, a cool thing to go experience because um, when you walk in it, you – you get the goosebumps a little bit, you know, knowing that it's it's this is where the first you know first team that won, you know, had meetings and you know probably laughed, cried, and got excited, and you know, and and they all they all came out of that locker room. Uh, what did the uh, descendants tell you about the game or about the team and the game itself? Did you take a lot from them? Yeah, there's just little bits and pieces that everybody has, but nobody kind of has the same, right? So mm-hmm. you kind of, as a writer, you're kind of writing, like, how can we show this or have examples of reenactments that would um, kind of bridge the gap in the story? That of, But, you know, for me it had to be reenactments with current players and historical generational players uh, because if not, we were probably going to fall asleep with a very thin story. And so I wanted to celebrate the game uh, because I loved it. You know, I played it. I played quarterback pretty much my whole life uh, from the fourth grade through the 12th. And, um, you know, again, it's I've said this, but when you meet a guy like Troy Aikman or right. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you realize why you're not in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> those guys, are they're pretty big, you know, so – um, but they were great to to get uh, in the film and hear their perspective. And uh, just also, you know, guys like Joe Theismann, um, you know, and, and Tony Dungy, I mean, just th- their love of the game is, mm-hmm. is, is, is so great, right? And for them to see the stuff that I had found before I had filmed with them, because the way it would normally work is I'd go to Washington, D.C., I'd film with Joe Theismann, or I'd go to Dallas and film with Aikman. And before I film with anybody, I lay out all of these reenactment shots or here's some of the family descendants and what they had. And, you know, when you're showing them those kind of things, you're, you're, they're like, wow, I've, I've never even seen any of this. And so they were intrigued as much as I was at the very beginning of making the film. And um, so I knew once we got, you know, Collinsworth and Herb Street and Buck and Aikman, 
you know, I knew we were on a roll because you could see their faces, their excitement to want to help tell the story. And, um, and you know, and obviously our narrator uh, is Michelle Tafoya. Right. Um, she's such an awesome narrator. She's an awesome, like, historian of the game. Um, she's, you know, one of the – one of the best to ever do it and to be on Sunday night, Monday night and be with all the guys and that they, they all love her to pieces, you know, just to get her to kind of be a voice for Dayton to yeah. have this story kind of go bigger. Um, you know, we needed people like that to, that understood uh, what we had in front of us, the opportunity to shine a good light for once on Dayton, Ohio. Right. Uh, and not tornadoes and gunshots <laughs> and other things, right? So it was, it was a, um, it was a great to have her on. And I, I still talk to her all the time because we're doing press and, you know, and theaters and and we're always, uh, you know, talking on the phone. I really, I've really enjoyed my relationship with her. Now, was uh, when you did these interviews with uh, Aikman and Buck and and Roethlisberger, are is that are those going to be in the movie too? Oh yeah, they're, all those guys are in the movie. We've got about twenty big celebrities oh. like that, and then um, you know uh, we've got you know even current players like Cooper Cup, you know, and uh, Joe Tooney. Oh, really? uh, we've got we've got current guys, and we've got generational guys like Theismann. Uh, you could you know I don't know if Aikman wants me to say he's generational at this point, but you know <laughs> he you know but we have guys to all 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 different uh, you know ten year genres, let's say of of time. And, um, you know, and you think about it. I mean, Ohio was the epicenter of football mm-hmm. in 1920. I mean, we had the most teams, um, as time goes on, you know, we had some of the hottest college teams, but the pro, the pro real, the pro division really was birthed out of, out of Ohio, obviously started those formations were the first minutes in August 20th of 1920 in Canton, Ohio, right? right? So our manager, Carl Scummy Stork, had to drive all the way there in a little model something, model AAT, I don't even know what it would be called <laughs> at that point, but he had to go up on some rickety roads, you know. It wasn't right. like he had I-71 went all the way up there, you know. So he had to really take some risk himself to form the league with all the other guys that went. And... um and they didn't know what this was going to turn into. They just loved the game. They did it for the love of the game, period, right? And really? so um, it's – who would have thought the NFL would have turned into something like this? Yeah, you know, really. Crazy, I mean, to, to think that. But, you know, if you're an NFL fan and you really enjoy watching the games on Sunday, th- this movie's really for you. It was made for you because there's all these little things that we've been able to find about the first game that are like – it's not just one thing; it's multiple things, and you know you can really celebrate that with somebody that might have been a great friend of yours. You could watch it, a dad, a mom, somebody threw the ball with you in the backyard. I think it's a good ninety minutes of like, wow, like that's I, well, I would I would have never known that unless I watched this movie. I think that's what you're gonna get. Well, that's great. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um... You kind of wonder how they traveled, you know, because I understand that they became a traveling team. You wonder how they traveled uh, with all the, <laughs> the back roads that yeah. they had to go and how long it took to get to, say, Canton or Columbus or, or Cincinnati, you know? Well, most of it was train. Oh, was And it? so they would rent boxcars and go. Um, the Columbus Panhandles, who was the 
the team that we played uh, that first game, they all worked uh, for the Pennsylvania Railroad in Columbus. Oh, really? And so, yeah, and they trained. Where they trained was actually at the rail yards. And if you follow that story through to today, it's actually the uh, Pepsi bottling plant, which is oddly a sponsor oh, okay. of the NFL. But there's a whole story about this field, about what happens, about who owns it. It's in the film. It's That's worth watching. Uh, again, it's one of those, I, I, you watch the movie, you'll find out. Mm-hmm. But but one of the interesting things, though, is about the, the panhandles is, is they also got to travel by rail car for free because they worked for the Pennsylvania Railroad. Right. And their manager was uh, was Joe Carr, and Joe Carr was a machinist, you know, in in um, at at the Pennsylvania Railroad, and he kind of helped orchestrate the Nestor brothers and those big guys that were, you know, six two to six five, two forty, two fifty, and he helped organize them almost, uh, in, in a, you know, like the first family of football, right? He, that's right. how they sold that team. Is you got to come to the field to see how big these guys are. So, um, but Joe Carr, with all of my research and working with the Pro Football Hall of Fame and everything, um, he's really probably the guy that probably saved the league to keep it going, to allow it to become the NFL. You know, I mean, he he started in twenty and 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 went into the late nineteen uh, thirties till he passed away. But uh, Joe made two really critical um, decisions that were, I feel like, the, the things that helped it go. One is you weren't allowed to cherry-pick players out of the college rank to play on Sunday. So, you know, you couldn't stack with some Ohio State guys or Notre Dame guys or what, because that had been going on. Right. And so you had to have a real roster. And if you didn't, you were getting fired or they were going to pull your, uh, your, your, you know, your league permit. And, um, and then the second thing would be is that, you know, when you looked at where we were playing and obviously, you know, the Akron pros, Canton, mm-hmm. even Dayton, I mean, these were small markets, you know, right, there wasn't right. a ton of people. So he realized because baseball had all these big giant baseball stadiums. And they were in big, big markets, big media markets. He knew he could move teams there, get money, find sponsorship, sell tickets, and he had to move the teams to the big market. And that's what he starts to do. So without those two things really coming in, I, I don't see how the league would have made it. It, it might have taken another 10 years, you know, but, right. it, but Joe, Joe made that kind of happen and stick. Yeah, one one question I asked Jack uh, Giambrone yesterday was, uh, what? How was the the field configured? Uh, was it from the the hill to the parking lot, or was it from the uh, the street to the to uh, that way? You know. Well, it would have been running east to west the football field. Okay. And um, and it was on top of a baseball state uh, baseball field. Right, how field. Now, now now if you go over there now, it's really landlocked because now it's got like a $100,000 light system <laughs> around a baseball field. Right. But that wasn't the case back then. You know, back then you had both fields, um, but there was no fencing like that. Okay. And then up if you if you go to Triangle Park, there's like this hill, right, that goes right. up and there's still one of the original, like, 
um, I don't know, I was going to say a dwelling, but a shelter, if you will, up right. there. And then down below would have been where the seats were in the stadium and stuff. That's no longer there. But okay. um, that, that all ran east to west as well on that side. And that's where, you know, they did everything in that park. I mean, they, they had boxing events. They had just get-togethers. They had picnics, um, deeds and kettering that, uh, you know, started, you know, Delco and uh, had the, the starter and had, were making lots of money. This was basically for their employees to start with. And then they realized that, oh, you know, we want to form a football team. And because we're going to form a football team, they asked Carl Stork, who worked for them, to do that, who ends up basically running and managing the team. But then he kind of takes it to another level and brings in the cadets because, you know, he was younger. And so he brings in – you know, Sackstetter and Partlow and these guys to come and play and Kinderdine to come and play on their team. And um, it, it, it went real fast from uh, recreational to uh, serious football, you know. Yeah. So, well, You talk about the players. We're going to talk about them when we come back. And uh, it would be interesting to see how, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how you got the players, uh, the, the, the actors to play the, the players and stuff. And we'll do that right after this. You're listening to GCSN Reports on the Gem City Sports Network. Profiler Inc., your local source for custom graphics, including banners, decals, and custom apparel for your corporate, school, or personal needs. For more information, check us out on the web at www.profilerinc.com or on our Facebook page, Profiler Inc. No matter the threat or where the front line may be, our armed forces protect and defend us every day. But what does it take to strengthen our service members and keep them focused on the mission? What does it take to keep our military connected to family, home, and country? It takes a force. Be a force behind the forces. Join the USO in helping service members and their families. Give today at csohio.uso.org. Back here on GCSN Reports, we're here with Alan Farst, and uh, he's the guy behind the uh, Dayton Triangle or the Triangle Park movie. And uh, Alan, how did you come up with the uh, the players, uh, the the actors for the players? Well, some of them, um, if you watch the film, you can see some of them actually played football, and then the ones that didn't stick out pretty quick, right? <laughs> so, so um, I will say when we first yelled action on the first kickoff. Uh, there was some guys literally flying through the air that had never been hit before. <laughs> and some of the football players didn't know not to, you know, that were acting. So they just went down full bore. Um, so there's a couple of good outtakes in there. But, um, you know, it was it, when we filmed, it was kind of like mid-December and school had already started. So we we had, um, uh, you know, guys like Nick Cumston that were uh, friends of mine and his, his – uh, uh, family as friends of mine. And so we leaned on a lot of football players that had kind of, you know, four or five guys here, four or five guys here. And we got them all to the field somehow magically. I don't know how it actually happened because we had like 140 people on set or something, but you know, we, we were able to pull off those, those reenactments with that many players. And um, you know, another thing was just being able to dress them all. 
right. you know, uh, that was no easy task. I mean, those, those, all the, the outfits, the helmets, the pads, um, the jerseys, except for the triangles we had made, but the, everything else came from, uh, George Clooney and the, and the movie Leatherheads. Oh, really? So that, that was done a while ago. Yeah. And without that, you know, you're not making this movie because you don't, you can't afford a $500,000, you know, right. uh, uh, wardrobe bill. So you need help. And so we got some help that way. Now, uh, uh, when you, uh, when you shot the movie, um, did you have trouble with like, uh, not, not the players or anything, but the surroundings with maybe, uh, the, uh, planes going over or the, uh, uh, emergency equipment around did you have any trouble with that yeah i mean sometimes you know we we have um you know we didn't have the world's biggest budget so uh i tried to do the best i could with what i had right and so there are some scenes that you know you should be with a giant budget would have rotoed out some cars or some uh tattoos on people or something you know you just didn't have the budget because but the story's there um, but, uh, but, you know, with audio, the, the, we have a lot of technology now and a lot of that, uh, that technology can kind of pull out a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, weirdness. So, uh, you can kind of dumb down the airplanes and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did you get, uh, how did you find out the, the, uh, team colors, uh, of the, uh, triangles and the panhandle? research one um and then secondly um with black and whites you know there's you know somewhat sophisticated programs you can use right that can really tell you what that color was so you know we just kind of did did research on it and um um, pro football hall of fame had a few things but nobody really has the very first you know season stuff you know like and there's no, there's not any real pictures other than the team that year. So they're, um, they're, they're, you know, he, he kind of had to, uh, ad lib a little bit, you know what I mean? So, uh, which he, that's where you got to put the writer hat on and, <laughs> you know, get creative a little bit. Who was the, uh, the, the main actor, uh, who was the lead actor in this? Yeah, there's really a couple. I mean, Nick Cumston plays Lou Partlow. I'd say he has a really good, um, you know, front front of house role. Um, has some speaking parts. Um, there's also um, Neve Holloway, who is our actress. She's out of um, the East Coast and now in school in New York at one of the top uh, uh, act, acting schools. And she came. Um, uh, she was a one of my friend's daughters and I, but I've been following her and I knew she would be right for the part. And so when the time came, I said, Hey, you know, this is a perfect role for you if you want to come in. And and once she said she was coming, I said, Neve, I'm going to write more lines for you because you're so good and we're bringing you all the way in. I like, you really need to say some, some more stuff. And we focused a lot on the 19th amendment with women having the right to vote, which uh, came out just shortly after the league was formed. So that was all hovering around the 1920 fall. And so, um, you know, there's a great story, uh, about Susie Colbert in the, um, in the, um, where she played, she plays Pee Wee in, in the early 1970s. 
And so we have that story in the movie. So we just had we had a, a you know things going on with with uh, women and orbiting the NFL, right. and so we kind of celebrated that, just like we did other things that were happening at that time. How long did it take you to make this movie? Way too long. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was about three years, start to finish. I, I announced I was going to do it uh, about, I think, a week or two before the 100th kickoff here. I think it was probably the week of. And then, um, you know, then you got to, you know, you got to see a lot of people, the descendants. You got to find everything. You got to write. You know, I, I'm obviously – shooting commercials and other things at the same time, trying to, mm. you know, keep the my whole universe moving. Um, but the last nine months were really intense. I mean, it was pretty much work on this film and nothing else because, you know, you, you, have, um, you have pockets where you can still work with your clients, but you, those windows were smaller because, you know, I was trying to get the film done, polishing it, coloring, going to L.A., uh, you're still, you know, raising money to make sure you've got enough to drive it, um, mm-hmm. you know, because put movies out is an expensive sport. I mean, you have to pay to get them into theaters. Sometimes there's special little files that have to be transferred, and those all cost money. They don't sound like much until you have to do it a thousand times, and then right. you're like, oh, well, that turns into a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, but my sponsors um, have been. Thick and thin, uh, or I don't know what he said. My, they've been with me through the whole thing, let's just say. So, um, and, and I'm very grateful for them. And, um, you know, I bared uh, financial, um, which is like a, a family wealth practice firm. They, they, they do uh, family planning and stuff mm-hmm. um, nationally and locally here in Dayton. Um, John Bradley's group has been phenomenal to work with through the years. Um, they really wanted to see this film done. Um, without them, we don't make it. Um, you know, I, I had some, uh, um, some, some other, um, you know, people that kind of came on a little bit late in it, like Killer Brownie, Warp Wing, Dorothy Lane Market, but they were all like local homegrown. Right. I love their brands. Um, I shop at them. I eat, I drink them. Um, and they got what I was doing. They understood the significance of, hey, we've got an opportunity to celebrate Dayton. And they did such a good job with everything that they made from beer cans to packaging. And, gosh, you know, we and then they sold out. Those things really sold well in the stores, which was great for awareness mm-hmm. um, and, and, and public. And then um, even, like, um, you know, uh, some good friends of mine over at Century 21, you know, the Gene Group, uh, mm-hmm. locally. So, you know, again, uh, without people like Gene and, and, um, and, um, you know, his group, I mean, you, you don't make films like this because mm-hmm. you, you, you need the money to help be the driver. Right. And it's, it's so important, right? It's so important that people get what you're doing, um, because it's kind of a selfless thing. It's not always guaranteed to be, uh, a cash cow it's you know it's kind of open for debate whether the public absorbs it and it goes far or not but nonetheless uh, you know i tell people hey you know it's great to invest in a film like this or one that i'm doing because like look for 39 years since i was out of high school not one person's ever told this story 
Think about the thousands really? of kids. Yeah, think about thousands of kids that have gone to Beaver Creek and Butler and Centerville and Oakwood and Trotwood and, you know, all the places that we have, DECA. Not, nobody knows this, our history. And they should, you know, the community has to step up a little bit. You know, you gotta, they have to find a way to get us some more ammo so mm-hmm. that we can tell some great stories. I think this town, is is it's time you know we, we you know if we don't tell them now we're going to lose them right you know that's that's where we're at we had two people die that were in the film already that died and if we didn't interview them they wouldn't be in the film wow so now um about the costumes how did you come up with those costumes well you know you got to call people and make things happen um that's what i did you know i try to use my many celebrity star power that I have to uh, get things when I need them. Um, You know, and especially like this, you know, I mean, I've got the uh, golden football, right, from Wilson. So they made a special ball for us. We sell them online at triangleparkmovie.com and other merchandise. But, you know, things like this, you know, you're trying to, uh, you know, memorialize, have things that uh, the public can – buy and help support the film mm-hmm. in some way, right? So we've added things in there like that to uh, uh, when we need them, when they make okay. sense. Now, um, how is this? How is the movie being, uh, you know, taken so far? I mean, has the crowd's been very good? Yeah, most of the films have done really well, the showings. Uh, we started off on a hot streak with, like, nine or so sellouts around the state, and then – um, and it's still, there's still, it's, you know, it's like as time goes, more and more people are telling people and finding out about it. So there's going to be an announcement coming up mid-December um, that uh, we're, we're more than likely going to do an encore run at the Neon. So if everybody gets ready to jump in, they can get tickets for the Neon coming up probably mid-December. Um, and then our, our transactional window after that, is we focus on putting it out on Amazon Prime, which will be uh, the second week of the NFL playoffs during the divisional round. Okay. So you'll get the wild card, and then, you know, after that. So anybody that, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, can't get out to the theater or, you know, older or whatnot. So um, this will be their chance that they can uh, they can just rent or buy the movie and, and watch it at home and, um, wear the jammies and learn about football. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I, I got uh, Roku and Wyatt and all kinds of different uh, uh, platforms that I can watch uh, watch games on and, and watch movies on. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie, though. Really yeah. Nice. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, um, every uh, everybody that uh, has seen it, you know, uh, has nice comments back. We appreciate that, and um, you know they're not easy to make for sure. But yeah, that's true. Uh, but we uh, we felt like we gave it all we we could on this one, and um, you know I think um, hopefully the reviews will keep staying high for us, and um, you know NFL fans and people in Dayton and Ohio, and we'll um, we'll just you know share it with the next guy and let us draw a little bit of light here to uh, to our town. Um, did the uh, did the other players like Roethlisberger and Aikman did they have they seen the movie too? 
I don't know exactly who's all seen the movie because they don't. I don't really ask them, but they get the link for me to watch the screener. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I try not to bug those guys too much. <laughs> they're always, you know, they're inundated with enough, you know. So, right. Um, but no, I have heard like you know a couple of them. Obviously, uh, I can just say Joe Theismann loved it. I mean, he was like he loved. It. He thought it was beautiful, and he was just like he liked the way I did it. And I, I had a, you know, my my. My the way I told the story is probably a little softer. You know, it's not like right. a gladiator sport like it could have been. Um, I did it more for the love of the game, you know, the love of our town, um, what those moments were like when you pass the ball with mom and dad in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to draw those stories out of the players because, you know, they're always asked about game of the week, and that, you know, that gets boring, you know. Right. So I wanted to hear I wanted to hear a story from them. And so a lot of them – answer those, you know, answer those kind of things, um, on camera. Uh, so I, I think it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun journey. Well, Alan, I want to thank you for coming on. This has been very interesting talking to you. And, uh, what, what do you got up? Uh, what do you got coming up next? Or have you thought that far ahead? Well, I, I'm getting ready to do a feature film. Um, there's, um, I, you know, I'm in the director's guild and the DGA in uh, LA and then, um, you know, there's rumblings that I'm getting an agent now. So, oh, really? I mean, you know, yeah. So I, I don't, I've never done that. So we'll find out. I have a manager guy, but you know, Bill Stanky, but, um, now I, you know, they're trying to have me have an agent. So we'll see what happens there. And then my next film will be a feature film. Okay. Um, I need to do something where it doesn't take three whole years to, uh, <laughs> to produce it on a cheeseburger budget. Yeah. So, really? uh, yeah. Well, maybe you get a uh, ten million dollar budget or something like that, or maybe more. Hundred million. I love I love production deals, so if that's what we get, I'll be okay with it. <laughs> well, Alan, thank you again for coming on, and uh, best of luck to you and, and the rest of uh, the movie. Um, and uh, hopefully that uh, it'll take uh, it'll it'll bring uh, uh, several people to the uh, theater, and they'll be a football fan after this. Yeah, I think it's good, man. Well, thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. Appreciate your listeners and um, everybody. Have a great, you know, rest of the month here coming up in December. Happy holidays, and you know, hopefully, we'll get in and have a really good, you know, 2024, man. Maybe it'll yeah, be a really. good one. Well, thanks again, Alan, and uh, we'll be back with more right after this timeout. You're listening to GCSN Reports on the Gem City Sports Network. A Special Wish Foundation of Dayton has a new name. It is now a Special Wish Foundation Dayton and Southwest Ohio chapter. They now serve 20 counties in Southwest Ohio and work with families whose children are being seen at Dayton Children's and Cincinnati Children's Hospitals. The organization has granted over 1,800 wishes to those children battling life-threatening illnesses. To find out how you can help make a Special Wish come true, log on to their website, aspecialwishdayton.org. Or call them at 937-223-WISH. A Special Wish Foundation is a 501c3, and all funds stay within the local community to support local children. Hi, this is Doug Brown from the Gem City Sports Network. Throughout the years, we've provided coverage of a wide range of sports, including high school baseball, football, basketball, and soccer, as well as Central State Marauders football and basketball. UD baseball also. 
And do you know what the best part is? It's all free. That's right, absolutely free. We sincerely appreciate you tuning in to the Gem City Sports Network, your ultimate source for local sports here in the Miami Valley. Welcome back to GCSN Reports. This is Doug Brown, and I want to thank uh, Alan Forrest for coming on and talking about the movie. Very interesting talking to uh, how things developed as you know with the uh, with the movie and how he got things done and talking to the uh, descendants of the players of that played in that first football game and uh, it was a, it was pretty interesting so if you get a chance go out and check out the movie uh, it's going to be coming down to the neon here pretty soon or it may be coming to a new uh, theater near you so check it out and so once again thank you to Alan Farst and We'll talk to you next time on GCSN Reports. Have a great holiday season from all of us here at GCSN. Till then, this is Doug Brown saying so long. We'll talk to you sometime down the road. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to GCSN Reports. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Profiler Performance Products. By McAfee Heating and Air. Any season, any time, McAfee. By Profiler Inc. By Special Wish Foundation of Dayton in Southwest Ohio. By the USO. And by the Gem City Sports Network. Your source for local sports in the Miami Valley, the Gem City Sports Network. Join us next time. For GCSN reports.